0: Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am Chuck Kalazi. Today is Wednesday, February the 28th, 2024. Almost getting ready to wish you a happy leap year, although the whole year is leap year, really. Uh, today is also a the Wednesday of the second week of Lent, and our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and hand him over to the Gentiles, to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, that is not mine to give, but is for those to whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, so I do preach a lot about the cross, and that is what this is all about. Jesus had just been with the twelve, and Simon Peter affirmed, confirmed, however you want to say that, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus conferred on him the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and then he said, I'm going now to be crucified, and then Peter rebuked him for it, and so Jesus rebuked him. You are not thinking the way God thinks. You are thinking as man thinks. So there is this point where Jesus is explaining to them, I am going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. They don't understand it. He's trying to explain to them, and he says it in different places. This is why I've come. But then it's almost like a comical little scene Well, and and I know there's other scenes that are similar to this. Well, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And who's going to sit at his right and his left? And then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, uh, Salome, I think her name was, says, well, I want my sons to sit on your right and on your left. This is after Jesus is trying to explain what we're doing here is service. What we're doing here is suffering. St. Paul says Jesus became a slave for us. He became lower than us in order to save us. I wanted to, since I do talk about the cross a lot, and there's an obvious meaning here that the kingdom of heaven consists really in service and in sacrifice, although so many people refuse to get this, even among our priests, our bishops, I was talking recently and different people were talking to me about this reality of church leaders being addicted to their power and their comfort. There's a certain degree of comfort among church leaders. Still, I mean, yeah, there's sacrifices, but at the same time, there's comforts. And sometimes we, all of us, can forget about the cross in the midst of enjoying our comforts. Well, one of the comforts is moms. Let's just say it plain and simple. And Jesus Despite his mission being the cross still gets to keep his mom with him and she accompanies him to the foot of the cross and she suffers with him despite the fact that we're supposed to carry our crosses he says behold your mother he gives us his mother and despite that these disciples are following him and therefore carrying a cross and they will carry more crosses Jesus permits their mother to be there, and he permits her the mother to say, <laughs> well, <coughs> and I don't mean this in a chauvinistic manner, like, oh, he let her speak. I don't mean that. I just mean everything happens according to God's purposes, and here we have this contrast coming from a mother. You know why she does that? Because she loves her kids. And, you know, sometimes we read this and we think, oh, well, these people, they're so... Naive, anything good, it needs the cross, you know and and I can give you so many examples of how that works in the world in order I mean mothers well, you know nowadays everybody gets a trophy for participating everybody, i as a teacher, I have to give all these participation grades. we never had that in the past for homework, not just the test, for all our assignments. you had to get them right to get points. You didn't just get points for participating anyway. Still, if our mothers truly want us to succeed, then we know there's going to be suffering involved. Moms don't want to see their kids suffer, yet at the same time, they want to see them succeed. If you want your kid to succeed on the football team, guess what? He's going to suffer out there on that field. If you want your kids to be fast runners, well, it's hard. It's hard doing all that running. If you want your kids to become a lawyer, yeah, this, law school, that's suffering involved in that. Medical school, seminary, there is suffering in order to succeed, and moms know that. But still, they want what's best for us, and sometimes they try to jump ahead to the honors rather than the focus on the cross In reality, both are there. In our faith, both are there. It's not just the cross, and we are not sadistic people. And I know unbalanced people out there that just want to talk about suffering and crosses until maybe they receive some comfort and some joy and pleasure, and then suddenly now that's all out the window. But it's about a balance. Our moms enjoy seeing us happy. They enjoy seeing us succeed. And very often, yes, if we really are looking at the details there, they want us to work hard. They want us to study hard. They want us to earn what's happening. Now, with Jesus, there is no earning. We carry our crosses with him. His cross is the big one. His is the one that saves us. And I'm sure the mother of the sons of Zebedee, as she's understanding this more and more, she's supporting the whole thing. And Jesus explains it, and I'm sure she got it. We don't see her asking Jesus again and arguing with Jesus. There's this expression, and I know St. Francis de Sales had said this. I think others had said this before him. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. St. John Bosco, in reaching out to his boys and raising all these orphans, you know, he often used that expression. He said he hated punishing the kids. He rather tried to entice them. Because he wanted to change their hearts. He wanted to form their hearts to be more loving and not simply to just force them to do the right thing through lots of rigor. So even though a good coach might form us through rigor, I believe a good coach and a good teacher also has to have some fun. There also has to be some loving back and forth. There also has to be some enticement. It's what motherhood and fatherhood are all about. Good teachers are using motherly and fatherly skills. I think about just in our history of our church and various saints over the years. Yes, there's been a lot of stories about people suffering, people carrying the cross. I think about somebody like Padre Pio and how much he suffered. Yet there's also a great deal of material about the joys of the Christian life. Jesus came that we would have life to the full, and it's not merely a human worldly fulfillment we're talking about here. Jesus is mainly talking, even though those things are included, Jesus is mainly talking about our hearts and God's hearts becoming as one. There's so many saints out there that we could read about who, yes, they suffered, but they also experienced a spiritual ecstasy, a oneness with God that happened in an intensity of prayer that gave them great joy, great pleasure. Pope John Paul, the man suffered so much, especially at the end. I mean, he suffered when he was younger under Nazism and communism. He worked very hard, he kept long hours, he prayed long hours. But there are so many stories of people finding him in ecstasy, maybe in front of a picture of the Blessed Mother, or kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament. And his heart was overflowing with joy and with love. And he got that from his mother, from Jesus and from the mother of Jesus, more than anywhere else. I think about St. Paul. St. Paul said that we should, there are two different times he talks about boasting. One is in the cross. Okay, that's the whole purpose of this gospel. But on another occasion, he boasts of a man that he knows that was swept away into the third heaven, I think it was the third, swept away into ecstasy. He boasted about that too. Ecstasy is joy, it's happiness, it's pleasure. He boasted about that too. He didn't just boast of the cross, but rather that God loves us and God wants to sweep us away. God wants to show us where he lives. God wants to take us all there one day. God wants us to have endless amounts of happiness. But yes, the cross is the biggest part, really, of the way there. But you know, St. John Bosco would tell us, St. Francis de Sales, some of these greats that knew how to form people well, even Pope John Paul with all his work with young people you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. There's a balance there. There's a rigor that we have to learn, but there's also an enticement. St. John the Apostle was known very often to um, be in ecstasy, spiritual ecstasy. He went deep in contemplative prayer. He suffered a great deal in his exile and his torture in Rome. St. John endured a lot, but St. John also had the great joys of the spiritual life. St. Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Avila, other great ones to reach about, going to the depths with Almighty God and God capturing their hearts. Just now I was printing out a picture of St. Anthony of Padua, I'm just printing up different uh, pictures of saints to put up in my classroom, and uh, when you look at all these different pictures that are out there of St. Anthony, he's laughing, he's in joy, because he's holding the baby Jesus in his arms. He was having a mystical experience when someone saw it, and that's why we always see St. Anthony depicted with the baby Jesus. The baby Jesus materialized in his arms, giving him the greatest of joy. Was he a man of suffering? Yes, he lived great poverty. Those early Franciscans, they they weren't fooling around. Yet Jesus gave him so much joy in his prayer. So as we go through Lent, we have to remember this isn't just about giving something up and then having willpower. This is about growing deeper in love with Jesus Christ. And so as we continue our Lent, as we pursue the things that we need to pursue, It's true we want to carry our crosses with Jesus, but even more so, what's even more important is that we find his heart. We allow our hearts to find him. We allow his heart to find our hearts. We open up our hearts to him so that we can go deeper and deeper in our intimacy and our love with Jesus so that we can know and understand and experience joys which this world on its own could never give us. Have a great day. God bless you.